Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape on your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. When you hear courage, you can preach it from anywhere in the Bible. But there is a place in the Bible that just talks of courage. It will be easy to just start from there. If we talk worship, you can preach it from anywhere. Because the entire Bible is worship. But sometimes it's good to just go start from John chapter 4. And you'll be amazed how that will take you to every part of the Bible. Today I want to open to Joshua in chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Amen. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua. The son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Please note the manner of speech. Arise, go over. And then he began to spell out the assignment. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Emphatic. Clear demarcations. Precise. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Mm. Verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. For to these people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore <laughs> to their fathers to give them. I'm a covenant-keeping God. I have covenanted to give them the land. They may not have a clue as to what is happening. But I am a covenant-keeping God. I will do what I said I will do. Joshua, arise. Go over. You and this people, I want to fulfill my covenant pledge. Again, let me take it. Be strong 
and of good courage, for this, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Seven. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from me to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out um, from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way. And then you will have good success. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp. Command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourself. For within three days, you will cross over this Jordan to go in and possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. That's my summer. Listen, gentlemen, please hear me. Now, after the death of Moses, Hello? The Lord came to Joshua and said, what did he say? Come on, what did he say? I, 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 come on, say, say to me now, what did he say? Uh, now, therefore what? Come on, help me shout it. Come on again. Then the next word. Oh my goodness, if you don't arise, can you go? Go talk. Now, there was a button change in leadership. One leadership was, I mean, has folded up. But you see, God will continue. He's a covenant-keeping God. And see what he said. Joshua, arise, go over with these people and give them their inheritance. Praise the Lord. And he beat me, really, when he now went for that. And began to say, give me verse 2. To the land which I am giving them, to the children of Israel. Three. Every place. Every time God calls a man, he begins to assure you. He begins to tell you what you will enjoy. It's like he was saying to Abraham, arise. Leave your father and your mother to a land that I will show you. Then the next thing, I will bless you. I will not just bless you. I will so bless you that you become a blessing. Every time. So immediately said to him, every place, the sole of your feet will tread upon. Ah, when God sends you, he will guide you. 
He will provide for you. Every place. Arise. Go. That means that from the moment the guy got up, that is if the guy will get up, from the moment you get up in obedience to arise, every step you take, conquered. Conquered. Towards the goal. Because this is your assignment. It is conquered. I mean, it's yours. Why? You are going to be sharing out lands. I say everywhere you step. Verse 4. Now describing the expanse and the limits of the land. Verse 5. Look, every step is victory for you. Then the next one. Anyone that will oppose you is finished. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. You are guaranteed my presence. Now, please understand something that everything God is saying is in the place of assignment. Anything that will, em- uh, uh, that will emasculate you, that is less, make you less a man in the place where you are created to be a man, Abba, that thing will disappear. In the name of Jesus. He created you a man. You were born a man. And so there is a reason. There is an assignment for being a man. You say, what kind of assignment? Somebody said there are three P's that define the purpose of a man on earth. Simple. Every other thing will fall under them. Procreation. Provision. Protection. That's what men die doing. The woman will assist us in procreation, yes. And in provision, we know that rules are changing as much as possible. Some, a lot of them work today. But when it comes to protection, now some of them are getting to the army now, and, uh, but very few are combatant. Men die over their wives and children. Anything that would dare you in the place of your assignment, what God is saying is this, that thing is not fit to live. You will, you will finish it. In the name of Jesus, it says, because no man. Now, it's a different thing if I go to somebody else's assignment point. I may not be guaranteed this, but in my own place of calling, my place of assignment, and the devil or through his agent will try to stop me. This is a, when God talks to man, it's a covenant matter. No man shall be able to stand before you. All the, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Again, I was saying to them in the service, I was looking at covenant, vis-a-vis open door in the morning, 
and we're looking at a certain part of the scriptures, and we saw too clearly huh, that if his covenant, and we look at it vis-a-vis our salvation, that's what defines the secret of access and citizenship in the kingdom. Not just citizenship, sonship. His covenant. It's one thing to say I'm a Christian. It's one thing to know who you are and what you have. That's the truth. Let me tell you the problem in the church today. A lot of excitement, which is good. But our depth is very shallow. This guy, the next verse says, Let's go back to five. I want to show you something there. No man shall be able to stand before your days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Good. Okay, six. Be strong and of good courage. Arise. Go. Everywhere the sole of your feet will tread upon is yours. God speaking. Yeah? And let me describe, you see the whole of this land, the whole of this land, up to there, up to there, they are yours. Anyone, no man will be to stand against all the days of your life. Oof. Be strong. He said, I've done all this. Because I'm calling you to go. I've provided, I've But be strong. After I just told you that no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Ow! But be strong. Why? Because they will attempt it. They will stand. The devil will stand against you. In spite of the promise and the covenant settlement of the fact that no man can stand against you. They will dare you. Because the thief cometh not by fault what? To kill. To kill and to destroy. And surely they will gather. It's a matter of time. But not of God. And what will happen to them? To those who know their rights because of you. Not because of God. Because you are in covenant relationship with God. Because of you on your own account. They will fall. But you've got to know. Surely, many are the afflictions of the righteous. It's not talking of the afflictions of the wicked. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But what? The Lord delivers him from them all. Hello? So, with all what God has told him, God telling you that no man, ah, he walked to nobody. I'm right with you. Nobody. Then he says, be strong. Come on. And be courageous. Be of good courage. What do you think? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Because despite what God is saying, he was seeing something. In Joshua, he was sensing fear. 
And that's why he would say, look, his first piece of advice, after defining the assignment and telling him all that he had at his disposal, he said, uh-uh, be strong. It takes strong men to achieve. It takes courageous men to achieve. Be of good courage. In order to for these people, you will. Let me leave it and quickly say something about Joshua here. You see, Joshua was in a season in his life. And that season, defined by crisis. Which crisis? Fear. Which kind of fear? Anybody help me? Which kind of fear? It's leadership, yes. Yes, so how will you define that fear? Inadequacy. He felt grossly inadequate of where God is promoting him to. If we're going to look anyway, fear of performance. Do you know why this young man, this minister, ministered with so much grace? He was not afraid to do what he has been called to do. If he was afraid, he wouldn't be able to. Have you ever been invited to a stage somewhere before and when you got there, butterflies started flying in your chest? It happens to everybody. Only to a different extent. Is somebody hearing me? Joshua was being called to occupy a position which the larger than life Moses occupied until recently. Wow. We saw the miracles in Egypt. The man that will withstand Pharaoh. The man that we call lies and lies we feel everywhere. The man that will turn the whole sea to blood. The man that will swing the sword and boils will cover everybody. Uh-uh. Huh. The man at the Red Sea that just pointed his rod and said, Go forward! And the sea fled in his presence. God, you, you mean me? And this was the brink of Jordan. Because if anything, my first... <laughs> my first performance in office will be Jordan. Uh-huh, so... Have you ever been in a place where you think you don't have what it takes to occupy the place? Mm-hmm. That was the season in his life. And the Bible says that to everything that what? But remember this about seasons. They come and they go. When seasons are tough, they make you think that they will never go. They go. Seasons must change. So it wasn't a season. And can I say this to you, men and colleagues, this season happened to all. Mm, Seasons happen to all. And when God saw that this season defined by crisis in the life of this man, 
could stop him, guess what God did? He came with a courage therapy. This God, God will not call you and abandon you. No. If you say you have a problem with knowing whether you are called or not, I understand. But if you know that God has called you, hmm, he will never abandon you. You say, call. Pastor, I'm not a pastor. I understand your own. Your father, your fathering is a calling. The fact that you're a husband is a calling. It's true. Then being a Christian is a calling. After all, it's ecclesia, the called out ones. It's a calling. And so he came with this courage therapy. And so in verse 6 he said, Be strong. And of good courage, for to this people, he's repeating the terms of the assignment, you will divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Can we read together? So I said to me, in verse 6, after God has described all that you will do and what you will achieve, uh, when he smelled the fear, he gave an advice. Be strong. In verse 7, he says, can I, can I really talk to you? You don't have two options in this matter. Because the, option, the second option is no option at all. Only be what? Strong and be of good courage. Because you will go. You will accomplish. You'll be established. Your life will be a blessing. God will be glorified by your life. In the name of Jesus. Tell your neighbor, say, the only direction for you is go. I know you are in a season in your life. Let me tell you what we discover. It's a research. I didn't do it. I'm only enjoying the result. In one research on men, it has been shown that the top five sources of stress in our everyday life, in order of importance, one, finance. This is universal. So if you don't talk money where, the, where men are, you may not be addressing the root of the problem. Two, family and relationships. Three, job stability. Four, Fast pace of life. Five, health. I think Joshua's womb was more like the fast pace because Joshua thought, I'm okay as the servant of Moses. That was his title. 
But now servant of Moses is going to become the leader. He said, uh-uh. Mm-mm. That's getting too fast for me. But when God promotes you, and I sense some dangerous promotions here, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> they will call you to come and be an ambassador. And they will promote what you are promoting, but they will smell Jesus on you. Everywhere you go, it's going to be universal. Woo. Why did I say that? Because I, I heard it. Uh, what you think is just a child's play. Anything you commit to him, he will use it. To the ends of the world. Anything. Anything. In another research, it was said that the top 10 most stressful life events, that is, sudden occurrences, in the lives of men, the one that hits men too much, one, death of a spouse, it can throw you off guard, throw you off rail completely. Divorce, number two. Marital separation, number three, that is sudden events. Imprisonment, death of a close family member, personal injury or illness, marriage, dismissal from work, marital reconciliation. This married thing is plenty there. The number, the last one is retirement. That's if they come all of a sudden, may always throw you off balance. So for Joshua, like we said, it was this feeling of inadequacy, and God came up with this therapy, and God started to do a good work on him quickly. But you see, in verse 7, he said, you only have, the second option is an option. The first one is advice, but the second one is, is I think it's a strong counseling session. See, you're, you're hanging here for too long. Make your decision. But let me advise you. Be courageous. To be otherwise does not even exist. Verse 8. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, but you may take in there and there at night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your way. He's always talking of you will make your way, you will make your way. Why? He's already made it, but you need to be courageous to make your way conform to what he has said. He's already, that's what is planned, but you need to be courageous. Sometimes courage is standing out from the crowd. Sometimes courage is, courage is, look, this is what God has said, that's where I'm going. The whole world is saying no. Verse 9. Shall we read together? Now, see, 6 was an advice. Verse 7. It was a good counsel. Verse 9 said, it's a command. Joshua, uh, I think now, let me tell you, I'm commanding you. Be strong and be courageous. It's a command. Things are not looking well. Things are looking cloudy. Things are tough. It's so difficult. Yes. What are you about to say? You want to decide on the negative? No, we are not of them that turn back to perdition. You are going forward. So make your decision on courage. Have I not commanded you? 
take verse 10. Then Joshua, what did he do? Saying, what did he say? Pass through the camp and command the people, say, prepare provisions for yourself. For within what? <laughs> what will happen? Wow. Something has happened. Something has changed. There has been something on the inside. There is a definition of a strong mind ready in spite of the inhibition to go. Hello, church. The same Joshua that thought this would be death. Now he said, come on, guys. Jordan has not changed. Nobody will do it anymore. He advised me. He charged me. Now he has commanded me. I am commanding you three days. Can I say that to somebody here? In the name of Jesus. If only you will begin to exercise courage. For some people it will be three days. For some it will be three weeks. Some three months. Some three years. Depending on the gestation period of a miracle. But the truth is, you are not going to be satisfied again in your life in the name of Jesus. You will not. You will not. Sit down. I say there's no more stagnation in your life. Oh, hallelujah. So I began to look at that word courage so strongly. And the first thing I realized is this. Fear is a motivation. Or the motivation for courage. If you are not fearful, you can never be courageous. No, you can't. I saw an article written, published by the New York Times, first time in 1846. And I was looking at this topic. I was looking at brave, bold, and courageous men. These are these those who are cowardice. And he concluded, if I let me read some of the things I got there. He said, the man that does not know the sensation of fear, and he put in bracket, and there are men so constituted that some people lie on heart. They, don't, they just don't fear anything. But there are very few if they exist. If they ever exist. Since the man that does not know the sensation of fear can never be truly courageous. This message is not for him. So if you have ever been afraid of anything in your life, or if there's something that you are scared of right now, you are qualified. This is for you. Yeah, it's for us. Who are scared of something? Because this thing happens to all. I'll show you quickly. Remember Numbers, Numbers chapter 13? The 12 spies? They went. God said, God said to them, I'm bringing you to a land. Flowing out the land, flowing with milk and honey. God said, the God that through hand of Moses performed the kind of wonders and miracles that the earth had never witnessed. When he will set them free, even in the bedchamber of Pharaoh, they were weeping. And the children of Israel were dancing away. Slaves became the wealthiest overnight. They went to bed and woke up and they were the wealthiest. Ah, only God. 
and every sickness was healed. That not one was. Look, let's do more research on this covenant we have. True. Not one. Even old people were strong enough to walk. They were dancing away. They were the admiration of the whole world overnight. I don't know where you have been ah, languishing in shame and fear. I don't know where you have been the worst, you have seen the worst ridicule of your life. Can I announce right now in the name of Jesus? In that same place, the greatest celebration of your life is coming. In the name of Jesus. True. True. The same place. By the way, I can announce without any fear of contradiction in the name of Jesus that there are marriages here that are dead. But because of this meeting tonight, in the name of Jesus, because of the grace that comes only from him, that comes with his word and with his worship and with his, come on, and with his presence, you are going home with solution. Yeah. <laughs> you man you thought you would never see again, you are going to look for her. And when you're looking for her, you see her looking for you already. You will meet God right ahead of you in the name of Jesus. I decree peace in your home. I decree prosperity in your life. In the name of Jesus, I decree divine progress. In the name of Jesus. You say, why are you so confident? Because it's a matter of covenant. And I'm talking to born again children of God. But if you are saying to me that you are not born again, it's okay. I will give you an opportunity before we close. You just come forward. There are no women here. Shaka, who are we posing to? If you know you don't have a covenant with Christ Jesus, you are not born again, come, let's pray with you. Men, we pray with you. Uh-uh. Glory be to God in the highest. I said, Glory be to God in the highest. So, when the 12 got there, what happened? They indeed they saw the land flowing with milk and honey. They said, The pomegranate have been, eh, they've never seen such in their lives. The purple, hey, the land actually is flowing with milk and honey. But in the land were giants. God didn't tell them they were giants. And when they came back, Moses and the whole of the children of Israel were waiting. <laughs> and when Caleb began to talk, that ah, the land that we saw, is flowing with milk and honey. The pomegranate, man, it will take two, three men to carry it with stick on their ah, eh, pomegranate. So big. Yes. If you see the purple, if you see ah, the lamb, man, sir, God has prepared it. It is ours. As he was talking, ten of them said, shut up! Which land? Man, what he's saying is true. But the giants are there. Uh-huh. And they shouted him down. And they told him to keep quiet. And he says, it's a lie. We can't. We can't go. Joshua supported him. Or Caleb supported him. Caleb and Joshua on one side. Ten on the other side. Do you see courage? Courage will stand to the truth. Courage is never democracy. No. No, courage is not democracy. 
No, it can never be. Uh-huh. And guess what? They shouted them down. And then, another thing that is dangerous about courage, it is just like fear, it is contagious. Had, they, had Joshua and Caleb succeeded in passing their information without being shouted down, courage will have seized the entire camp. But guess what? Fear grabbed everybody. They started crying. So we were able to go. And when these two said, No, what I said, they will stone them. So they moved back. And guess what? Because they saw what will hinder them, they believed it. And they spoke it. And they got it. And they died. They never got there. Only two people got there in a whole generation. The problem was common to all. And all chose the way of the coward. But two, they got to the promised land. And in my many definitions of courage, it came clear to me that courage is when a man decides to honor and respect and fear God more than his challenges, his fears, his problems. The problems are telling you, it cannot be done, it cannot be done. But God said, march forward. God said, be strong. God said, I have given it to you. But how? And said, no, I would rather obey God. So that means that I will never decide on the negative. You know why people commit suicide? They didn't see any way forward. And can I be frank with you? In the name of Jesus Christ, for all those who come to suicide, there were ways forward. Only they never found it. You know what somebody said? He said, if you see anything achieved or accomplished on earth by anybody at all, it took courage. Every accomplishment on earth came through courage. Well, what define heroes? They saw opposition. They surmounted it. That's all. That's all. The difference between heroes and those who are not heroes, they were able to face their the position of your life and conquered it, period. Yeah. And that was what God was doing, that this season in your life, Joshua, you will overcome it. Courage therapy. Here had Lindsay. I read a lot of his books in those days. He talks about the end time and eschatology quite a lot. Hear what he said. He said, Man can live 40 days without food. Three days without water. Eight minutes without air. And only one second without hope. Bring a man to a place where hopelessness is totally defined for him and he grabs it, he will die. 
อยู่ได้ and I realized something too about this story because here God just like you know He made a comment and I said this is interesting He said nobody can worship God for you As robust as the worship sessions have been, if you did not worship for yourself, you are not a reserve. What we saw there was that we saw the choir, we saw the people, and we saw Steve Crown guiding and leading us in worship. That everybody could do it for themselves by themselves. In the same manner, courage cannot be delegated. It cannot be delegated. You have to do it for yourself. No matter how shaky and fearful you are, your brother can't do it for you. You must overcome. You must have that. This is the word I'm looking for. Something of the mind. State of the mind. Okay. You must be able to come to that place. Where in your mind, though you recognize the fear, you make up your mind that in spite of this fear, like he got a place when he was commanded, he knew he would get. If it were meant to swim through Jordan, he, would, he knew he would cross over. He didn't know how. God had told him how. Say three days, and I realized that when a man begins to exercise courage based on the support of God, heavens begin to move. Angels begin to move around. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. He that keep it is. Did you hear that testimony? I'm come was saying we are impounding. I heard the story. They came with guns and they surrounded his house. He said, "I'm not living here." They said, "No, you have to go. I want to lock it. Lock what? One man battle against I'm gone." He said, "No, now for where? As long as I'm here, you can't lock up." He refused. They battle for days. And finally, they came to where you will get the money, and was saying, "Can you borrow me? Can you borrow me? Can you borrow me?" But I don't know how. But I, uh, uh, this house is not going anywhere. I stand in agreement with you, sir, in the name of Jesus. That brother, anywhere you are, I stand in agreement with you in the mighty name of Jesus, the Maker of heaven and earth, the One that made everything. I stand in agreement with you. That house will not go down in Jesus' name. The God you trusted will prove Himself. Can you? How? I don't know. That explains why one man will say, "Ah, uh-uh. let me use Nigerian English." I need. They dashed him. Not one million, not two million, not three million, in this economy. Why some people are crying? Uh, recession, recession. Ah, somebody say, take ten. Somebody else will give you another ten soon. Another twenty soon. Amen. What people are going to borrow money to kill themselves for? In the name of Jesus. See, see, see. You, there is no limiting God in this matter. Hmm. Praise the Lord. I say, praise Jesus. You remember David in Siglak? 
When he came back, they were all gone. His wife was gone, was gone everything. And his men turned around. And they picked stone to, to kill him. The Bible says, David wept. <laughs> and all the mighty men of Velo wept until they had no more strength to, in fact, not wept, they cried. They had no more strength to cry. Then he said, let's kill him. And when David saw that he was becoming fitter, his life was at the crossroad. The Bible said he shook himself. What did, he encouraged himself. If he didn't, he would have died. Somebody is already delivered in Jesus' name. He encouraged himself in the Lord. How? He said, bring me the effort. He looked for God's presence. He said, you never leave me, never forsake me. Uh, let me enter his presence. When they entered his presence, they could not stone him anymore. And in his presence, God speaks. Shall I pursue? Or shall I not? If I pursue, will I overtake? God said, God will never tell you sit down now. God will only say arise. Go! <laughs> arise! Go! Moses, why are you standing crying out to me? Tell the president of Israel, Go! Aren't you tired of the cry? Make up your mind in the name of Jesus, you are going forward! Yeah. Hmm. Then David decided to go. Those who wanted to kill him. Can you imagine? I was saying courage, courage is contagious. And I was looking for it. Pastor G said to me, ah, that's it there. I said, well, say, look at it. Those people wanted to kill him. The same people wanted to kill him. Were the ones that said, when, when the guy said, you want to kill me? God told me to go. I'm, I'm going to pursue them. I'm going. They dropped their stones. They followed him. Do you know what? You are standing there crying and dying. The host is waiting for your instruction. You are the husband. You are the father. You are the leader. They are waiting for you to give instruction. The moment he started to move, they followed him. When they got, got to the brook, some were tired, they couldn't go. He said, I'm still going. Some still followed. Some said, we can't go anymore. We couldn't go anymore. They were. And those ones said, let's go. And when they got there, he, he overtook. He recovered all. He got his wives back. He got his, his, his goods back. He got the wives of the men back. He brought everybody back intact. I decree in the name of Jesus. Whatever you have lost that is giving you so much trouble. Uh-huh, by the blood of the everlasting covenant. I decree in the name of Jesus. You will recover all. I say you will recover all. You will recover all. In the name of Jesus. Sit down. So still in that account. Okay, let me let me finish. Just telling you that this has happened to many people. What about Yoshafat and Ziggler? I mean, when he was besieged. The Bible recorded that he was afraid. 
So fear is not a, it's not, it's, it's, it's not a well, fear become a stigma. He was afraid. It's what you do with your fear that matters. His fear drove him to seek the face of God. So he encouraged himself, like David. And what happened? Worship. He didn't just put them to flight. He became richer than he ever was. What about Jesus Christ? Yeah, Mark 14, 32. Yes, can we read together? Then they went to a place called Gethsemane, and they said to his disciple, sit down while I pray. Go ahead. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to struck with terror and amazement. And was Jesus depressed? Was Jesus deeply troubled? Was he not God? He said he was struck with terror. He was deeply troubled. He was depressed. Jesus. But had Jesus not someone courage there, he would have died prematurely. That would have been disaster. You will never die prematurely. In the name of Jesus. I say you will never die prematurely. You will fulfill your life mission. In the name of Jesus. Fear will not cut you short. Depression will not cut you short. Stress will not cut you short. I say you will see your children's children. In the name of Jesus. The days of your life you will fulfill. In the name of Jesus. Ah, I say go forth and prosper. You may be seated. God bless you. But you see what happened after he crossed Jordan. Now that he was cooked in courage, he crossed Jordan. You know, he didn't know how he would cross, but he crossed. It was after he gave instructions that God said, Now listen, let there be some gap. Let the Levites carrying the box be the ones in front. God gave instructions after he took the first step. And he said, as long, as soon as their, I mean, one foot of their feet, I don't know how many of them were carrying it, has touched the water, he said, the water will flee. The Bible said the water fled in such a way, back beyond the source. He flew back. I don't know what has been flowing to you. I don't know what evil has been flowing to you. And it has become a pattern. And you saw it now, you say it's generational cross. It's okay if it's generational, but I thank God that the blood of Jesus truncated generational whatever. Because if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. Come on, is somebody hearing me? So I decree right now in the name of Jesus. They just the way they've been flowing down, like the water of Jordan, they begin to flow back in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it's a new beginning for you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Tell the boys, say, this is what courageous times is all about. Yeah. Then the next thing that happened, now they came out, the memorial, and then uh, it was Jericho. And just before Jericho, he saw a commander, the type he had never seen before. He looked at the warrior. He said, wow. He said, but God is with me. 
he faced him. Was he not afraid? He was afraid. He saw a warrior that he was out of this world, bigger than anything you can describe. Fierce looking. The kind of sword, even Goliath's sword, will not compare. He looked at him, but you are the leader. The box stops on your table. If you don't find courage with you, where are you going to find it? He turned back and faced him. He said, I have only one question. Are you for us or against us? Wow. The one said, well, as the captain of the host of the Lord, I have come. I have come to honor your courage. I have not come against you. I have come for you. Courage will invite and provoke the host of heaven. I'm not joking. Courage honors God. Courage glorifies God. So what is courage? In spite of the problem, we are going forward. In the name of Jesus. As long as you don't stop moving forward, you can never be stranded. In the name of Jesus. And when he confronted him, the next thing was Jericho. One act of courage will always birth many more acts. Nobody has ever challenged Jericho. And so, Jericho is in the line of my assignment. That's the unfortunate thing. So, the antecedents is irrelevant. It's in the line of my assignment. <laughs> as a husband, as a father, as a Christian, as a pastor, this thing is in the line of our assignment. So, are you saying I should stop? No, I am going. Because the truth is that what you do not confront, you can never overcome. And as he was moving towards Jericho, God said, This is how we're going to do it. Yes, sir. And he did it again and he did it. And for the first time, Jericho saw defeat. There are things that have never been defeated in the lives of your family. But on account of you, a covenant child of God, the defeat is clear. I say in the name of Jesus. (laughs) You are the head of a new generation. In the name of Jesus. We are talking courageous times. Hallelujah. And then the defeating eye. Remember the story? Because somebody misbehaved in Jericho, he was, I mean, was greedy. He stole. And so they were defeated in eye. Now that will make anybody want to run away. You know what courage is? If you fall seven times, do it again. So I don't care how many times you have failed. Courage will rise up and go. Yeah, 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 yes. So how do you define courage? One step more than where you fell. That's all. One step more, more than where you fell. If you just fail, how do you define courage? You are going to attempt it again. I tell the story of all. Chicago Airport. You know how he got the name? I'll tell you. It was courage. 
And uh, what happened? Quickly, can I read the story for you as I close? During the course of World War II, many people gained fame in one way or another. One man was Bush O'Hare. He was a fighter pilot assigned to an aircraft carrier in the Pacific. One time, his entire squadron was assigned to fly a particular mission. After he was airborne, he looked at his fuel gauge and realized that someone had forgotten to top his fuel tank. Because of this, he would not have enough fuel to complete his mission and get back to his ship. So his flight leader told him to leave formation and return. As he was returning to the mothership, he could see a squadron of Japanese Zeros heading towards the fleet to attack. And with all the fighter planes gone, uh, the fleet was almost defenseless. So his was, that is when he say Zeros, like a squad of Japanese fighters, like a swarm of them coming to attack the base. And all the, all the, all, all, all the, uh, the, 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 the planes, the, fly, the fighter planes had gone. So he now happened to be the only one seeing them coming. Guess what he did? Single-handedly, he dove into the formation of Japanese planes and attacked them. The American fighter planes were rigged with cameras so that as they flew and fought, pictures were taken so pilots could learn more about the terrain. Enemy, enemy maneuvers, etc. Butch dove at them and shot until all his ammunition was gone. Then he would dive and try to clip off a wing or a tail or anything that would make the enemy plane on feet to fly. So he was now trying to collide with them. So that destabilized them. He did anything he could to keep them from reaching the American ship. Finally, the Japanese squadron took off in another direction. They just swung away. Butch O'Hare and his fighter both badly shot up, limped back to the carrier. He told his story, but not until the film from the camera on his plane was developed. Did they realize the extent he really went to to protect his fleet? He was recognized as a hero and given one of the nation's highest military honor. As, I mean, and as you may or may not know, the O'Hare Airport in Chicago was named after him. Now, that's a very strong heroic act, but that's not why I'm reading the story. Hear this. Prior to this time in Chicago, there was a man named Easy Eddie. He was working for a man you've all heard about, Al Capone. Al Capone wasn't famous for anything heroic, but he was notorious for murders he'd committed and the illegal things he'd done. Easy Eddie was Al Capone's lawyer and he was very good. In fact, because of his skills, he was able to keep Al Capone out of jail. To show his appreciation, Al Capone paid him very well. He not only earned big money, he was, I mean, he would get extra things like a residence that, I mean, that filled an entire Chicago city block. The house was fenced and he had lived in help, I mean, lived in help and all the conveniences of the day. Easy Eddie had a son. He loved his son and gave him all the best things while he was growing up. Clothes, cars, and a good education. And because he loved his son, he tried to teach him right, I mean, right from wrong. But one thing he couldn't give his son was a good name. But he could change it. And he did. What will he do? This was the courageous act. If I give my son all the estates, it is still good in history that he inherited from his notorious father who was defending the most notorious man in Chicago, killing people and doing all kinds of things, Al Capone. 
So he decided a good name is better than silver. It was than gold. So he told Akapon, I'm, I'm out. And he went to the government and told them everything Akapon had ever done. It wasn't good. He was killed. Can I see courage? Pastor, are you saying you should get killed? No. But I'm saying that courage can always be, can sometimes be under fire. But this is the story. Courage is contagious. He left a legacy of courage. And so when people began to trace the life or the history of Butch O'Hare, they traced his back. He was the son of Easy Eddie. And it was not a big deal for him to take an act of courage to save the people. Courage is contagious. With that, I want to ask you a question. What legacy will you leave for your children? Legacy of fear or legacy of courage? It's better to die believing than to die in fear. If fear will kill you, why don't you believe? Exactly. Why don't you believe? After somebody said, he said, worry, fear, anxiety. He said, they are instinctive. But courage is always a decision. And like somebody has said, he said, fear, worry, anxiety, they are always temporal. But courage is always final. Will you rather think because of the economy or the political atmosphere so you're going to drop everything and wait expecting death? Or would you rather that this too shall pass? It's only a season and seasons do change. And this season too will pass. And if that be the case, what should be my attitude right now? Because at the end of the day, it's your attitude that will determine whether you are exercising courage or not. He said, what do you mean? If you're expecting death, it's an attitude. But I can assure you, that's not courage. If you're expecting something to turn around, how? You don't know. But you trust God because it's what I said it. It's courage. My friend, trying to teach his son, what life is. He said, I need to start to tell my son. Because there was a time in my life for four years, I had no job. A second time for three years, I had no job. But God brought me through. Now the children are doing very well, studying abroad and graduating and getting married. He said, I need to begin to show them in clear terms. So he sat his son and started telling him. Then the son said, Dad, I know what you're saying. There was once in my school days, or in my undergraduate days, I was in church, and the preacher came and he said, give something, give some money. He said, I didn't. I didn't want to because I had $20 left. And Daddy, you are far away in Nigeria. I was calling and I was in bed. I knew that you wouldn't answer me because uh, it wasn't time for me to get some money yet. So I was praying and managing my $20. 
And when this woman finished preaching, I, ah, said, I was moved. But I had only $20. And I said, I won't give this $20. He said, then for myself and by myself, I heard God say, give it and I will give you back. He said, Daddy, I tried God. What did you do? He said, I gave it. I left going to my, my hostel and I was feeling so exposed. I was saying, God, you have to help me. Nothing. No dime in America. No dime. He said, by the following morning, I woke up and an envelope came under my door and with my name on it. And I opened it. $20. I opened my door and ran to look for the person. I didn't see the person. I shut my door. I said, God, so you do what you say. My friend said, Pastor, it's only $20 for a schoolboy, but God assured me that you are leaving a good legacy. Your message is getting across. What legacy will you leave for your children? My dad left a legacy for, with me, with us, but then talk about me, when he wouldn't be able to pay school fees. And he would write a check and say, Taiwo, please take it to the bank. I write it, I mean, I've written a letter there. Uh, he said, let me tell you what the letter is. I'm asking for an overdraft. So I can pay the school fees of your sister and your brother, otherwise they will send, back, they send them back home. I was schooling in the North, St. Paul's College with Sazaria. They were all in the West. It was very, very, very expensive for my dad. And by the way, if you don't know, we are 10. And my dad was a clerk. And so I would take the envelope and I would run one mile plus to the bank. Oh, my dad didn't have a car. He had a bicycle. It was after, after he retired that he bought a mobile when he was knocked down on his bicycle and he had a broken leg. When the leg was... Ah. So, no car. So I would take the envelope and I would run to the bank. I've been like this for a long time. I scarcely walk. I run. It's just the way it is. No, it's true. And they would just say, you hey, walk here, you do, don't you walk? You always jump, you jump, you always run it. That, that, that's, that's, that's where I've been since I was young. No, it's true. So I would take the envelope and guess what? I would say, God, just help my dad. In the name of Jesus, let the man give him. Oh, let the man give him. Jesus' name. Let the man give him. In the name of Jesus. Oh, for God, he just help us. Let this man give him. I'll get to the bank. And they'll ask for the bank manager. They want to take my letter. I said, no, I want to give the bank manager. Then they'll say, sit down. After a while, I said, where is the boy from Baba? I said, take, sir. I said, sit down. After a while, we call me inside. He'll say, greet Baba. Tell him I've put the money there. Overdraft. And when, my, when I'll get home, Daddy will be sitting in the back on the outside. It was a duplex of bungalow two bedrooms. Apart from two bedrooms, two bedrooms is, the, is the sitting room. In front is veranda, back is veranda. So our living room was one of the verandas in front or behind. We'll be sitting there waiting. And when I was going, be looking at me from afar. He said, Taiwo. I said, yes, sir. He will take it and be singing praises into the house. And he will begin to count and begin to write checks. And he will say to me, see, this, this is my salary. So next month, they will take this out. 
Next month, from the bank, they will take this out, and they will take this out. This is what will be left. And I say, wow. And I will go into school. You will get some money to buy gari for me and buy kuli kuli and buy cabin biscuit and buy sugar. You know, it does this. And I'll be feeling bad. You shouldn't do that. You need your money. So once I was in school and somebody came from Cardinal and stopped by in the school and said, Papa said to give you an envelope. And he attached them 10 shillings. Ah, I wept. Because I knew he needed it. So I said, No, I won't spend it. I'll keep it and take it home on holiday. But you know the way it is now. I borrowed one shilling, then another shilling, then another shilling, then another It finished. But see, I will run and I will pray and I will come back and I will see my dad going. And, oh, wow. and that's why, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to see children suffer. I hate to see men struggle with money and cry. Men sit before me in the office and men weep and I feel something. And so it's not just for want of ministry that I'm doing this. If I can give hope, I will have saved probably a generation. Just hope. I feel the fire. Shall we rise? We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, please contact us at the Fountain of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries, Off Town Planning Way in Lukoju, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you. God bless you.